quite often people almost like jump right into building communities. Like they decide they want to build a community and they forget that actually maybe they should do some things before before that to mm-hmm. see if it's, it's the right thing for them or for their company or for, you know, for whatever it might be. You're listening to Companies and Communities, a podcast that focuses on community building as a way to help build resilient, powerful brands. In each episode, we'll uncover how business leaders and marketers are innovating around the concept of community to drive growth. And you'll learn how you can start, grow, and build a community of advocates around your brand. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Companies and Communities. I'm your host, Chantel Marcel, and this episode is brought to you by my friends at Motion, an agency that helps busy B2B tech marketers launch podcasts. They're phenomenal. Today, my guest is Rosie Sherry, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself just to start things off and let you kind of get your voice in. Okay. I'm Rosie Sherry. (laughs) Uh, I'm a community builder. Uh, I'm a community leader orbit. And I also run my own kind of community website, newsletter kind of thing at Rosie Land, Rosie.land. Yeah, I just subscribed to your newsletter. I'm so excited. You've got two newsletters going about community building, right? <laughs> One for Orbit and... Yeah, yeah. It's intense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so like I've been running my personal one for about 18 months now. And then because I've joined Orbit recently, part of me joining was to start the newsletter. So yeah, I think issue five I've just sent out this week. Yeah, I've heard so many glowing things about it. I don't know how you do it because I have one newsletter and it is intense. It's a lot to to manage. Yeah, I mean, like um, the Orbit newsletters at the moment, because we we really want to try to go deep on it. So it's it's consuming me a bit, to be honest. At least that's not a side gig, right? So I can do this (laughs) as part of my day job. Right, right. All right, so let's dive right into it. And I did want to start off talking about, you have this awesome graphic, and it's titled Cultivating Community. I saw you recently talking about it on Twitter. And so I wanted to kind of start there because I think it's a great way to communicate what community building is all about and what goes into it. So it's a model of the entire ecosystem of community building. Do you want to walk us through it? Because you can explain it much better than me. To walk it through it, I might have to bring it up in front of me. um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of early days for it, if I'm honest. I, I did... I did a community course recently and I was thinking, I was like, how am I going to present like the things that we're going to teach in the course? So I tried to bring it all into like one graphic is like, what does community building mean for me these days? And how, how am I going to think about like teaching people about what's important in communities? So it's like kind of, I guess like four aspects to it. And, and it's partly kind of, Bias towards my my love of clouds and rainbows and gar- uh, like community <laughs> gardening, so um, the the whole the whole idea of cultivating community is like it's like communities is that like you need to give them nurture and you need to give them love, and then there's this concept that I have of community gardening is like it's like let's nurture communities and let's treat them, uh, you know let's let's grow them like like a garden you you know you you experiment with stuff you grow stuff you weed stuff out and. You give you give things time to grow, and and then there's the aspect of like the rainbow, and for me, like the rainbow in it is like the steps that you you, you consider before like starting the community, and, and the rainbow kind of li- leads up to the clouds, <laughs> which which are like all, all the things that you kind of uh, do to try to get a community off the ground. So like 
the, the rainbow part might be doing like research before starting a community, or you might be talking to people before starting a community. Those are the kind of things that, that are in the rainbow. Like five or six things that I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But basically, you know, the things that you should think about before starting a community, and I, I think they're important because quite often, like people, you know, they almost like jump right into, you know, the building community is like they decide they want to build a community and they forget that actually maybe they should do some things before before that to mm-hmm. see if it's, it's the right thing for them or for their company or for, you know for whatever it might be and so that then that leads like the rainbow leads onto the clouds which are the clouds are more like the actions the things that you do to build communities so you might be experimenting with things or you might have rituals that you you do or you know you might focus in on like conversations like what kind of conversations are you going to have and 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 the clouds you know they might <laughs> they might they might rain so they might nurture the garden again <laughs> so it's kind of you know this cyclical thing but then there's also the sun which like represents growth so there's like ma- many like ways that you can grow grow a community as well so there's i guess like you know i talk about things like flywheels and growth um stuff like that is like that that's like the the growth aspect and I think the sun represents that quite quite nicely and you know again like the sun can like help grow the garden and stuff like that so it's in version one right now and I don't have it in front of me and uh, you know it definitely needs a bit of adaptation as you know as I try to kind of evolve it but yeah yeah it's been it's been fun it's been a good like process mentally to, to try to think about like what community means to me. Yeah, I thought it was really striking just because of all the different elements. It really was quite complex. And I think that sometimes people don't understand how much it's going to take to not only start, but then, you know, maintain and grow a community. There's a lot more than just like getting people together and, and saying you have one. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's like, it's a, it's a big problem at the moment. And I think like with COVID, like, communities all of a sudden a thing it's like a big thing and it wasn't like that before covid and i think we have to be careful about like how how we approach community and i actually wrote about this in my last news- newsletter uh with with orbit is like community is like at the moment community is like a symptom of, of what what is happening in the world is like everything's just like gone crazy and people feel that they need and want community and perhaps perhaps they do but everyone's like jumping into it without really fully understanding what they're trying to do. And people are like deciding that they need community when actually maybe, maybe they don't need it or, you know, maybe they don't realize that the communities that they want take five to 10 years to build up. And, you know, it's all these kind of things. I think personally is that I want to avoid like community getting a bad name because of it. And that's like kind of top of my mind at the moment is like, if this, if this is a phase that people are going through and people are excited and then there's all these communities that start and all this like software that is appearing. You know, I just worry that it's, it's going to fail and then we'll be given a bad name. And I know like community is special. I know community can really achieve like amazing things. There's so many good things that can evolve from community. And I guess like with COVID, I'm just so mindful that I, 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 want, I want good stories to come out of it. So it's like, I'm almost like, trying to stop people starting communities at the moment because um, I'm not sure they're doing it for the right reasons. 
Yeah, it almost has become sort of like a a buzzword. So I guess that that leads really well into another question. If you had to pick maybe one or two companies that you think are really like nailing it when it comes to, to community building, which do you think that those are? Oh, good question. I think if we're thinking like big company wise, I think like Notion are doing a good job. Um, they mm-hmm. seem to like be, you know, doing good things for the community and they've got like a good ambassador program and there's, you know, there's, there's fans of Notion and people really want to do like good things with them. So I think that, you know, they're, they're definitely, I, I don't have deep insight into into everything that they do, but definitely from the things that I pick up, I think there's you know, a lot of love for the brand and things like that. I think Figma do, do quite good things as well and they have like a huge community behind them. But also I guess like my background is kind of more of like indie background. So there's definitely quite a few smaller scale communities that are doing kind of positive things. There's Anne Laurie who does Nest Labs. She's, you know, got a really good good community going there for her mindfulness, her productivity stuff. And the vibe is just like really nice. And she's got, you know, she's turned it into a, a thing that makes money as well, which which is really good. Not all communities can, can manage to do that. And I think she's kind of found a nice, what seems to be a good balance of like a good community vibe and kind of make it making money from it as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, I know from experience, it's not always easy to kind of balance the two, two aspects of it. And indie hackers where, where I was at previously, you know, that, you know, that's got a lot of love for the community as well. A good vibe there, and I almost called it a movement. I, I did call it a movement recently. It's kind of like to me these days. It's kind of it's a community and it's a movement, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of like an interesting. I think an interesting place to be as a community is like you can almost like call yourself an indie hacker, but not necessarily go and visit the community, but you're still kind of part of the movement because you are an indie hacker. So that's funny because like I actually did discover you via indie hackers. That's where I started following you. And I loved like the feel of it felt very organic and like in growth and just the way that you were nurturing the growth there at that team. Do you think that that's always the best route for growing a community like that organic sort of grassroots type of thing or do you think that there are elements of like paid I guess aspects or just any other aspects of marketing that would go into that yeah it's a good question um generally speaking I'm always of the opinion that grassroots is like the best way to go with community you kind of need that connection with the people people don't want to feel like they're being sold to or advertised to so it's almost like they need to discover it and like be excited about it it's like you know it's like if you discover indie hackers you're like oh wow what's this thing i want to you know investigate it and nurture it and all you know all of that kind of stuff whereas like if you discover it because you, you've been advertised you know it's been advertised to you it kind of almost gives off a different vibe generally speaking mm-hmm. you know it's not always the case but I, and i definitely think that there's a big overlap with marketing and community but that but there's also like core differences in the fact that uh, for to build community, you still need things like email marketing, right? As an example. But the messages that you put out through email aren't necessarily the same messages that like a typical 
marketing campaign might be. So, like, you know, a typical marketing campaign would probably focus more on like trying to sell something or promote something or not necessarily focus so much on being as helpful as they can or it might not focus on connecting people. Whereas like a community newsletter is like generally more focused on, on the people and helping the people and connecting the people and talking about the people. And it's, you know, that's kind of, I guess, like in my opinion, that's like always a good way to treat like a, a email newsletter or even like educating people without necessarily looking to sell something, but believing that further down the line that they, they will take action on something that you want them to take action on. Right. Yeah, but it depends on the community, right? Because like Indie Hackers is like, it's, it's acquired by Stripe and, and part of the deal of them being acquired by Stripe is that they're not going to advertise anything, they're not going to sell anything. So they've got nothing to sell, which, which is great, you know, to some extent. But then like uh, another example, like Ministry of Testing, a company that I founded, it was very much founded on community and we did events. So, you know, it had a great vibe, kind of similar to Indie Hackers. But to, to survive, we had to, we had to sell tickets or, or now it's like sell membership as well. So it's like mm-hmm. trying to find that balance of what, what, how do you communicate to your community and how, how do you also kind of promote the things that you need to promote to survive as a community? Uh, and it's tough. Because it's like you do. I was gonna say, do you have like a secret? Do you have a secret to that? Because it's hard to like feel authentic when people know that you want them to buy something. The se- no secret. The secret to me is to not be salesy. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I, I, it's just like I've always felt uncomfortable selling stuff. That you know, I think people will see that as well. How can you? How can you sell stuff to a community then? But I, I think I think the key is just to to balance it out and kind of be respectful to members and to give more than you take. So, as an example, like we have a weekly newsletter that goes out. Well, with Ministry of Testing, there's a weekly newsletter that goes out every single week, and in most of those newsletters, we never sell anything. But then, when an event comes around, we will start promoting our event. So it's not like we only send, send stuff when we send stuff regardless to, to help people. And the focus is always on helping the people. But when we have something that comes around, we promote it and occasionally send out a dedicated email for specific events. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's tough to manage that. But I think you get more respect from people when you don't oversell. And I think that's what I've personally found is that we don't actually need to be too pushy to let people know that stuff stuff is kind of there to be bought. And like the more consistent you are with these kind of things, the more the more people come to expect it and they, they tend to plan it for it. So if you host an annual event, it's like the first year or two might be hard to sell. But after that, if, if people know that that event's going to happen because you do it every year, then they'll start planning mentally for it or they'll start asking their, their kind of bosses to, you know, for the budget for it. So it becomes mm-hmm. easier, but only if they want to go. So if they want to go, <laughs> they get, you know, they're going to want to feel part of the community. 
So, so if they're participating in the community, they're going to see that the event is happening and, and they're going to see that their friends are going and they'll want to try to go as well. Right. Yeah, in the most honest and, you know, not salesy way. It's just like invest in your people <laughs> and get people, you know, into what you're doing and, you know, things kind of naturally, naturally happen. Yeah, and a great example of that. Congratulations! I saw that you uh, broke the twenty thousand dollar mark for your your course that you had just started on community building, and that was with very little promotion or selling at all. So I guess that speaks yeah. to the the strength of the community you've built. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of took the same approach in the fact that it's like I. You know, some people, you know, they they have they promote these like tactics of like if you're selling something, you should send X amount of emails, and you should do like an email a week before, and then on the day, and then like one hour before it closes. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't, mm-hmm. I, I just cannot do that. So, so like I decided, I was like, you know, if I was in these people's shoes, which which is what I often do, to be honest, is that I try to put myself in in their shoes and you know it's probably not I mean it's probably not great business sense it probably doesn't make sense practically but (laughs) but for me it works but I don't want to get a bunch of sales emails I don't want reminders I just want to know that it's happening and sure I might miss it if I only get one email but I'd rather miss something over getting like five emails about something that I potentially don't want so with that, I, I, I just made the decision to, to send out one email about it, like one dedicated email, and just saying, look, this is a course I'm doing. If you're interested, here it is. And then because I sent out like weekly emails as well, I, I mentioned it like probably maybe two or three times just in like the top part of the email, kind of reminding people that like the course was happening. But it was just like, you know, a very small part, part of the overall newsletter. And apart from that, I didn't, I didn't really do anything else. And yeah, like you know, twenty k is you know decent enough. Like, you know, it's definitely not. <laughs> it's not you know, it's not like something that I can retire on. It's definitely you know, there's definitely people who've sold <laughs> a lot more. But you know, I, I'm I'm okay with it, and um, I'm also conscious that I do this stuff whilst also like juggling many 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 things. Yeah, no, I think 20K is nothing to like scoff at. That is incredible, especially off of one email promotion and as an individual as well. Yeah, well, so it was it was a bit of a team team effort. So I, I did partner up with some other people. So it wasn't like all 20K to myself, but half of that ended up going to me. But still, yeah, I'm okay. So you mentioned events a few times and how those sort of come into play in community building. How are you planning on finding the right balance between in-person and then virtual events? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uncharted territory. Mm, I think it's tough. I mean, with, yeah, with Ministry of Testing that I founded, we did a lot of in real life events and they've shifted all to virtual events and... Yeah, I don't know. With COVID, it's like I've actually enjoyed a lot of not doing like in real life events. I've been, uh, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed the convenience of like not going out. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I do, I do miss, I do, you know, I do miss like meeting up with people. But I think it's just like giving me a real chance to kind of think about what's valuable to people. And I was, I was actually speaking to someone earlier about events. 
and kind of like the effectiveness of events and like almost like when when people organize events and if you if you look at back at your experiences of going to events i know that when i go to different events i rarely get a chance to actually have a, a proper conversation with someone let alone mm-hmm. follow up on kind of the connections or the relationships and that's been at like virtually every event i've been to that you know it's just so rare that i actually keep in, in contact with i've noted that over the years and i've you know been really kind of conscious about that and when i was doing ministry of testing stuff i was always like conscious of that and i was always, always trying to build in things to help events be better to help people connect beforehand afterwards during to like do activities that would like accommodate different people so like we did like running events in the morning uh, as as an example and we would do what else would we do we do we do the like meetups in the evenings you know so we, you know we tried to like cater for like a variety of people's needs we tried to get people to kind of connect beforehand as well but even mm-hmm. so it felt like it always felt really kind of not not necessarily messy is like we did think about it and we did try to kind of plant these seeds in the hope that people would connect but i think still a lot of it was like in the hope of right it's like oh i hope mm. these people can like get a good experience out of it i hope people can like buddy up beforehand or you know arrange to meet and we we encourage that as as a culture of the community and it definitely worked to to a certain extent and i think like we did create like a good community vibe at our, our events now like with covid i think i said ah oh, how ca- how can we improve upon that how can we like make that even better and how can we like rethink what events actually mean and and what value you can get from them during covid i've been doing like a lot of one to one chats or small group meetups and i've loved them I've just I absolutely love them and you know so I I get to know people that that I never would have gotten to know you know I had the time to not get to know and and I don't know if it's just because I'm at a stage of my life or it's just because this is what is the better way of doing it but if you go to a conference and you don't meet anyone then what's the point <laughs> like, honestly what is the point and that's what's going through my head at the moment is that yes it's a better experience to watch talks live potentially but if you can watch talks online afterwards and what's the point mhm you know and, and that's just like the big question in my head what is the point and to yeah. me the point is to go to an event you want to find these connections you want to find opportunities but these things aren't being built into events at the moment not not in right. a good way so for for me to go back to an event that's what i want I, I I want to be able to meet people beforehand know that people that I've been talking with beforehand are going and then when I go to events I want to build upon the relationship that I've already started nurturing and that like might seem not that important but I can't express how much I hate small talk <laughs> you know as I, everything i want to do is is about avoiding the small talk so you know i i don't want to i don't want to meet 20 people and say 
hey, where are you from? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I don't want to do that. It's like, it's like, you know, boring. It's like, it feels, it, it feels inefficient. So I think, you know, I think the philosophy is like, how can we avoid the small talk at events and get, get right into it and like ha- have a good time and, and like meet people in a way that you can just skip all the small talk because you've already gotten to know them to a certain extent and you know what they're into, you know what, what you can geek out on and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and we did that to a certain extent at Ministry of Testing. But, I, you know, I'm convinced there's better ways to do it, especially if, like, people are now, like, putting a lot more thought into communities and how to build mm-hmm. them better. It's like, I, I think that would be super interesting. Yeah, it's almost like a... It's almost like a virtual in-person hybrid where both of them like support each other. And it's all about just building like a genuine relationship rather than like those superficial booth conversations that you used to have at events before in the before times. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, there's so much potential there that I think we could all, we could all do better, you know, especially now that like community has a a bigger priority, I, I feel. It's like maybe now we can find better ways to do it. Maybe now we have a bit more budget to do things. Right. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's, it's a lot of this is kind of hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. And so just to have you keep sort of staying in that same mindset of just, I guess, predicting, what do you think, and this could be really anything, what do you think will be the biggest trend for community community-led growth in business over the next year, especially as we move beyond the pandemic? Oh, the biggest trend, I hope the biggest trend is for people to embrace the idea of not owning a community per se, or not believing that your community needs to exist in one specific location. Mm. So I think like the traditional mindset view has been we want a community. Let's let's build a space for it. Let's build a platform for it. Let's build a forum for it, and let's have the community exist here and only here. And we'll only measure what happens here, and anything out outside of it, we don't measure because it's not important. So I'm hoping like people can move away from that mindset and embrace like having conversations everywhere. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, I, I think I think that could almost it's definitely happening. Well, it's always happened like that, but people have been unwilling to accept it. It's like people, in my opinion, naturally navigate or they navigate to, towards Twitter. They want to have conversations on Twitter and there's all these like micro communities that exist on Twitter. And it just happens mm-hmm. naturally. And there's no there's no forcing of it, but people want to be there. And, and, and they, you know, self-organize in, in really creative ways. And it's like, and then, and then you get people who want to build communities, and they struggle to get people to show up in their in their forums that they they create. And yeah. you have to like question that. It's like, well, if people aren't showing up, maybe maybe there's a reason why they're not showing up, and maybe we need to take a different mindset view of what community actually means and stop mm-hmm. trying to force people into into this box of you know this one specific place of where you want to have community rather than where the people want to have community. Um, so yeah, I mean that's what I hope. Like the next, I guess, potentially next, I don't know, three to five years. Hopefully, people will start accepting that a bit, a bit more, and embracing that and figuring out if that's what community looks like, and is that if that's how people want to naturally socialize and and converse with each other, then how can we build community with that in mind? 
Big question. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> and a good question to end with. Thank you so much for for joining me today. I've been such a fan of yours from afar for a very long time. You've done incredible work in community. So really appreciate you talking to me today. No problem. I appreciate talking to you. Thanks for listening to Companies and Communities. If you like what you just heard, make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Companies and Communities is a show brought to you by Motion. Motion is a done-for-you podcasting agency for B2B tech marketers. We do the podcast stuff so you can focus on strategy, building brand awareness, and developing new relationships. To learn more about how you can launch and grow a podcast for your company, check out motionagency.io.